Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. You guys, welcome to another episode of Dunzo. It is me, Troy Mihihu. And I am joined today by one of my good, good Judys. You know her so, so well. You will recognize the sharp pitchness of her voice, the shrill tones. <laughs> I am joined by my good, dear pal, Jesse Shambliss today. How are you, Jessica? I would be surprised if anybody even heard that introduction because you talk at dog whistle pitch, Troy. How okay? dare you? Yeah, I said it. The people that listen to this podcast are fully soothed by my voice. They tell me that it's ASMR. I've heard it. Really? Is that before or after you're coughing in between cough drops? <laughs> uh, these cough drops are what helps. They lube this whole fucking operation up. And you don't. <laughs> what if you just ended it right there and just kicked me off and you were like scrapping the episode this week? <laughs> I, I spit my cough drop into the camera and closed my screen. <laughs> but it like came out and like hit me in the eye. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jesse, I'm really excited about what we're recording today. Me too. All jokes aside, I, I it's been a while since I've been on Dunzo. I had I my like streak of 17 appearances and then <laughs> yeah. I guess you cut me out of your life. Yeah. Even though we text every day. <laughs> oh, oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, that's not fair. That's actually not fair. <clears throat> that was choking. <laughs> but no, you've you've stayed in my home, like the actual room I'm recording in right now. So so yeah. we're actually friends, people. Don't worry. Yes, we are full blood-related sisters at this point. Yes. And um and this topic, we've been, I know we're we're teasing it, but like mm-hmm. we've been talking about this for a minute. We've been excited to do this very thing. Yeah. We've kind of been talking about this since we became friends in, yeah. a, in a way. Not even as a concept for recording, just mm. as a phenomenon in itself, because it's such a fascinating topic. I promise we're going to end. Like, are you going to say? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> no, they know. They know that I love to tease the top, even though they've literally read it. I act like yeah. they can't see it on the description. It's fine. Oh. Um, we're talking about MTV versus VH1 as networks and as networks that were really pushing a very specific kind of like youth culture out into the world. And you and I, I think are both split down the middle very much. We exist in both an MTV and a VH1 world. Absolutely. But, but, you know, much like if you think about your Zodiac sign, right, you have your like sun and your rising. So it's who you truly are and then how you present. Right. I know, I know that I present MTV. Yeah, for sure. But in my heart, I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm, I'm not going to say I'm one or the other, but in my heart, like there's so much VH1 in here. Yeah. In my being, in my essence, in the way that I like idolize lesbian culture. Yep. Absolutely. There's a lot of VH1 in here. <laughs> and that's the unique streamline in our friendship is that uh-huh. we both like, like you guys know, listening that my my first like handful of concerts were all my one of my first concerts was Melissa Etheridge, uh, like yeah. this was my and like Lilith Fair, yeah, you know, like that genre of music literally made me who I am, and I would almost yes. say I feel like I appreciate like pop music and music that people would consider in quotes more shallow. I don't, yeah, 
you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I appreciate that music almost more because of the foundation of having like this VH1 background. I I think that really resonates with me too, because I I feel like there are a lot of particularly I think gay younger gay men right now mm-hmm. who don't they weren't around you know in the 90s when this like vh1 rise to power happened right and mm-hmm. so like you don't see as many you know like sarah mclaughlin stands right for, for some reason for um, some reason super weird uh but I, I think, and I'm not shading any generation that's not a thing that I'm doing right now. I'm just saying that music popularity is so cyclical. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't have that, you know, a, a woman scorned with a piano or a guitar. We didn't have that in the way that we had like the Alanis to the, the Cheryl to mm-hmm. the Sarah to all of that, the Meredith Brooks, you know, mm-hmm. the one-offs even. Like we didn't have that for a long time in popular music it disappeared yeah for sure and that's like really sad to be honest with you like I love having that like singer songwriter like part of me that like Sheryl Crow part of me that is so important you know yeah I'm seeing Sheryl in a few weeks I I think I told you that for my birthday yeah my first time I can't get over that I'm gonna be a mess I can't get over that. I think I'm going to take up like smoking cigarettes. You know, I don't, but I think like I, if I'm at an outdoor Sheryl Crow concert in my thirties and I don't smoke a cigarette. Are you even there? Like, that's what I'm saying. What am I doing? (laughs) If you don't send me literally, if Sheryl Crow, (laughs) no, listen, I'm not kidding. This is a friendship (laughs) test. I'm not kidding. If Sheryl Crow performs leaving Las Vegas and you don't send it to me or strong enough, just any of the Tuesday night music club, like, yeah be you know the bank i will literally be so upset with you i'm gonna set up my tripod don't you worry <laughs> it's a full like beautifully made bootleg yeah absolutely <laughs> you know who else that um daniel my, my boyfriend and i are going to see who? i think literally the day before before we leave for the trip to see cheryl crow we found out recently that jewel and train and blues traveler stop are playing a show in Dallas. Stop. Jewel. I know. Oh my God. Uh, That's amazing. Fresh off me standing her on Masked Singer. (laughs) (laughs) Your favorite show. (laughs) Literally Jesse's favorite. (laughs) No. Listen, I just, I just really love it. It was an accident at first. It was kind of like, aha, this is so silly. But then I was like, oh no, I like it. He's a full stand. It's whatever. Okay. I like to see, I like to see Nicole Scherzenberger, as you call her, whatever you say. I like to see her act like a white twink. That's like fresh off the black queer lingo appropriation train. Okay. Oh yes. She's like, yes, honey, you are kicking with your honeys. (laughs) Mama house down. Kitty girl. That was such a performance, but it's literally a cat because it's not a singer. (laughs) literally with like a glitter tiara on or something wild um we have derailed fully derailed <laughs> when you said nicole schwarzenberg i knew we were off the rails um so tell me your <laughs> tell me your earliest memories of like switching between these channels and like just what are your memories of being young and watching vh1 versus mtv vice versa okay so i'm going to describe this as late bloomer because okay. 
we didn't have cable for a really long time until I think my middle school years. And okay. initially, so that was like, or like very early, like the year 2000, 2001 was whenever, because mm-hmm. we started middle school early in my hometown. And I only had VH1 at first in our cable package and I got MTV a little bit later. So I think I have this affinity for VH1 because it was my first access into this like wider popular culture. So really Mm. it was radio for me. We didn't have a computer at our home until I think around the same time we got like cable TV, probably I think after that as well. Um, And so you know, lower middle-class rural Arkansas. We didn't like have, I know it sounds like I'm, I was going to the bathroom in an outhouse. It wasn't <laughs> like that, but you know, we had cable and satellite and all of that stuff, but you know, it just, it was an expense and the, the whole internet thing, you know, dial up to DSL to, you know, so anyway, I was a late bloomer. Okay. I was very much a radio girl. And then being able to see all the music videos, like truly at, any time of day was wild to me. And so it started with VH1 and I became fully obsessed with the top 20 countdown and the uh, artist you ought to know, which I'm going to talk too much about. Oh, I'm excited. Okay. um, I did know that because I remember when we talked about Ashley, you said that you got, you got cable in middle school. So it was like, so I was able to watch the Ashley Simpson show. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, that was kind of like my, it was just before that, a couple of years before that, that I really started entering into MTV. So Brittany was already like reigning supreme at that point. Right. I missed like the baby one more time MTV era. Oh. I know I'm shedding a tear. Okay. I know. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's not my fault. <laughs> you've done, you've fault. done the work. Yeah. You've done the work since then. Oh, I sure uh, have. <laughs> um, well, the people listening know that I grew up like frequenting my grandmother's house and she had that good good cable package as I always say that good good like that cable package where like in the 90s they would manipulate old people into having like seven hockey channels and 12 (laughs) she had every movie channel foreign movie channels like it was truly like a 400 no lit no literally um she had like (laughs) my eyes widened um (laughs) she had like a 500 cable package you like didn't know you know so I was just clicking and clacking away at that button. I knew that MTV was 34, VH1 was 36, BET oh. was 35. VH1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it was very that. And um, yeah, I just, there were so such specific reasons, I feel, to watch MTV or to watch VH1. Absolutely. <laughs> and like, there were moments where, yeah, I wanted to watch like pop starry kind of stuff or... You know, MTV's shows just had such a specific vibe, a specific feel. Mm-hmm. Um, shows like Diary that we're going to talk about, making the video, they had a very specific vibe. But VH1 also had a very specific vibe. And sometimes I just wasn't in the mood for fluff. Like sometimes yeah. I just wanted to watch a Natalie and Brulia video in completion from beginning to end. And that's yes. it, you know? Mm-hmm. I didn't want to watch a bunch of like fluffy MTV shit. Sometimes I wanted to see Tori Amos being really weird, mm-hmm. but a genius. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Or like Fiona Apple sitting at a piano for like an hour. <laughs> Uninterrupted. Uninterrupted, saying whatever she wanted to. Exactly. Um, so yeah, let's get into some of the shows. What I would consider, I guess you could say that they're like sister shows. 
there are shows on MTV and VH1 that sort of complement each other in a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they were both, I would say, like benchmark shows for the network um, for our lives growing up. And I really want to go through some of them. Yeah, absolutely. As we should. As we should. Um, can we discuss first that MTV came first? Mm-hmm. So I just, I just want, I'm sure most people know that. But VH1 was initially designed to be for an older crowd. Right. So that is an important lens to view all of this through. And so they then moved and, and whenever we hit like the, the sort of golden era of both of these channels, as we're calling it, the golden era, uh, right. they were trying to appeal more to the youths. Mm-hmm. So just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. And I also wanted to mention too, like we were going to do, we were going to do three networks and throw BET in the mix, <clears throat> but I almost feel like I could do a full BET episode on its own. And I'm like, gonna I'm gonna step aside as someone to discuss BET. Yeah, <laughs> I was a rabid consumer. You know, uh, yeah. um, after midnight. Oh, no. <laughs> you watch it. You watch it, girl. Everybody listening knows that you are a BET uncut girl. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. You're Shorty, wanna cool. ride with me? Ride with me? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Oh my god. Tim drill. Oh don't cancel me. <laughs> but no, I, I I really do think that I'll do this like with a, I'll do a BET episode on its own and talk about like 106 and Park and stuff. You but should. and I'm gonna share, honey. <laughs> but let's start with I would say the two iconic, yeah, truly iconic shows for these networks, TRL and the Top 20 Countdown on VH1. VH1 didn't necessarily have a version of TRL. Mm-hmm. They didn't have like a live studio show where somebody was like announcing music videos or anything like that, but they did have the top 20 countdown. And listen, like I said earlier, sometimes I just wanted the music. Like sometimes you just want to literally listen to music. And this was a time when you, you know, this was 20 years, 10 years pre iPod, like the option to like shuffle songs wasn't Uh available. So the top 20 was the invention of some sort of shuffle. Yeah. And it was the, the, the feel of it was so different too, Mm -hmm. between the two, you know, it felt like a, an adult sort of production, not adult Mm -hmm. as an explicit, but just like for an older crowd, yeah. The format it was longer it was like trl was ushering us into like hyper streaming culture too yes yes yeah i agree I, with that yeah for usher. sure i don't know why ushering anything of usher not made me laugh <laughs> <laughs> no that's so true trl was like it's almost like what trl was doing was such a lightning in a bottle thing that vh1 didn't even try to recreate it yeah because it felt so special and so unique to that network And the fact that like, you know, even just like the screaming kids, like the culture of the kids going to the window and like screaming for TRL and shit, it's so specifically MTV. Like it just feels so MTV. Um, And like looking back, it's like, yeah, every music channel had their own countdown and it doesn't seem like that big of a deal now. But at the time, the top 20 countdown was major. Yeah major and it was 
I mean, I think even just the time that it aired, like it was the Saturday morning staple reruns Mm -hmm. on Sunday. So the audience was different too. I mean, working adults didn't get home at 3.30, you know, or whatever time to watch TRL right after school. So it was very intentional when these programming blocks were. Yeah, I totally. The time is like wild. I mean, it reminds me of like in the summer, just being young and having nothing to do all day and being able to like, because this was a very like midday kind of thing. And I would also say like TRL, MTV had artists that I talked about this with uh, Louie on Pop Pantheon when we talked about TRL. Like there are people in the TRL MTV world that are only MTV famous. Like there are people who maybe weren't necessarily charting Mm -hmm. in real life. Like Mandy Moore. Like Mandy Moore. But on MTV, Mandy Moore is a massive, massive star. She's very successful. On VH1, she's a young girl with a a, a song that's popular in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas some of these TRL artists, it was like the TRL like cinematic universe, truly. Yeah. It felt like its own ecosystem of success. And I mean, it was such a phenomenon at, at one time that it really was. And, you know, Britney Spears could still be Britney Spears, even though her third album did terribly like the singles did not do well and Britney doesn't even have a lot of number one hits but on TRL she was the queen of TRL yeah like there was no question about that which is so odd you know what I mean and it's also it's odd to think about the fact that an artist could premiere like we have a list of examples of artists that kind of teeter towards one side or the other And an artist could premiere on VH1 and be also, again, the complete opposite side of the spectrum, be the talk of the fucking town. Like, you know, Macy Gray as a new artist, VH1 Mm -hmm. is like climaxing. They're like, this is the future of music. We are going to put this woman on a pedestal all month. Like you've never seen, we're going to put her in the commercials for everything. Like, Macy Gray is the future. And then on MTV, she's just a wacky lady that shows up to the VMAs in silly dresses, you know? Yep. And then you have the bands too. You have a Matchbox 20, a Goo Goo Dolls, a Train versus a Good Charlotte Yeah. on, on the MTV side. You know what I yep. mean? It's fascinating. The bands. The bands. I mean, the fucking bands. Because, yeah, you're right. Like MTV, you would say it was like some 41... Blink-182, Good Charlotte, mm-hmm. you know, it was these More the very- More the pop punk. The pop punk and in blind items, they refer to them as manufactured, allegedly. Yeah. You know, these manufactured Hello. bands in quotes, you know, like Good Charlotte is a band with very heavy quote fingers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but VH1, the bands, mm-hmm. the, alter- the alternative rock of it all. Oh my God. Well, and, and, and you know that this is a, a personal subject that is close to my heart, Troy. Oh, yeah. The butt rock of it all, too. Yeah. Yes. The butt rock. So if you're listening and you're unfamiliar with butt rock, <laughs> <laughs> because people still don't know this term, and I think it's very important that I spread awareness, uh, the, the Nickelbacks, the Creeds, the uh, like a shine down, um, mm. even adjacent. So, so, so butt rock, and then there's like butt rock adjacent kind of mm-hmm. like the alt 
like world. So like uh, um, a stank, a yes. fuel. Yes. Like hemorrhage in my hands. I saw that on heavy rotation. Did you, was that on MTV too? Cause that was a little bit before my time. I don't think so. Yeah. But I, I, oh, I saw it on VH1 though. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. VH1 really pushed like the alternative rock moment. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think the alternative rock is like a thing anymore. Is it? I mean, there, there are no alternative rock bands. What does that mean now? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that the rock genre is figuring out what it means too, you know? Yeah. Cause there's nowhere to guide it. There's no, you know, I'm not going to say that VH1 was responsible for rock music, but it was <laughs> at least there were places where artists could go and feel really seen and be put on the same kind of pedestal that an MTV artist would get put on yeah. um, and be presented as like really important. Whereas now, like, yeah, you're right. I think rock music like doesn't really know what it is. The people trying to like partake in it don't really know what it is anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't know who you would even consider like a popular rock band anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, you have like probably like Imagine Dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have the girlies doing rock right now, like the Willows and Avril still around and everything. But I don't think they I don't know how much they're embraced by the genre overall, even though they're right. making rock music. Yeah, I agree with that. It's just interesting and it makes me really sad. Like I really miss there being like um more of like a, I don't know what you would even consider it, like what we used to call alternative kind of like category being mm. mainstream. Oh yeah, that was that was a good time. That was a very particular late 90s, early 2000s moment as well mm-hmm. that was fun because I think like looking back at it now, you're like, oh, Nickelback was on the chart next to Britney Spears. That's weird. Yeah, they you technically really, were. Yeah, you don't really see that right now. Yeah. And like you would back then, like they made us sort of believe that they didn't even exist in the same like music charts. Oh, absolutely not. But then you have something like the VMAs and even TRL. TRL did this too. This isn't, this isn't just like a a distinctive VH1 thing. Like they had their, their acts that were, you know, different because I mean, regardless of whether it's manufactured or whatever you want to say, like right. some 41 was still on a countdown next to Christina Aguilera and then Limp right. Biscuit. you know what I mean? Like that's, that's, a, that's pretty cool. Oh and yeah. That happened. That happened on both networks a lot, especially during this particular time, uh, yeah. early two thousands. And I love that. That was really fun. It's like there was a little bit more uh, diversity in, in genre. You could mm-hmm. argue that now too, in a different way. But I think that those particular genres, some of them died. I think that's almost undeniable that it's it was yeah. much better then. I mean, even the fact that like, I feel like a part of MTV's culture for when they sort of figured out their footing and like when TRL did become a really big hit, I think that they figured out that it was like it a part of the thing that made them special was that they could have these artists come together in this like really unique, weird way. Like having Angelina Jolie on TRL with like, you know, I don't know, Lil Jon. Yeah. That's interesting. And it's something that could only really happen at MTV. That sort of like, like I said earlier, that like lightning in a bottle, like very unique kind of like, this is a once in a lifetime weird, you know, we're in the great moments as we're living them kind of thing. When it's gone, yeah. it's gone. You can't recreate that kind of magic. Yeah. Um, 
you mentioned VMAs. Let's transition. Please. Let's transition to VH1 Divas Live, shall we? <laughs> shall we? Versus the VMAs, which I guess you would consider to be their big, like, once a year, like, over-the-top big production award shows, even though Divas Live isn't really an award show, but you know what I mean. Yeah, but it's a production. It's an, it's an on-stage, like, live event, right? Yeah. And I don't know about you, but when I think about, and my, my lamb is coming out here, so everyone needs to know that I'm, I'm a lamb through and through. Mariah is everything to me. And when I think about Divas Live, I think about the, the hair. You know the hair that I'm talking about, the 1998 hair. Oh, yes. That big ass weave, the uh, long pieces on the front. It was everything to me. <laughs> it was like the truly the craziest her hair has ever been. So iconic. Uh, I'm going to start crying thinking about it. Let's start. Let's talk about VH1 Divas Live because we've had many v- VMAs moments on this podcast. Let's talk yes. about Divas Live. Yeah, let's talk about it. So for those listening who don't, who are maybe too young to remember, VH1 used to put on this program called Divas Live. And it was truly a mashup of all of the most like prolific, iconic, like like moving culture forward, like powerhouse diva women in music. In old and new. Old and new, short and tall, black and white, R&B, pop, rock, country, soul, whatever. Like, yeah. it was truly for the, for the queers. It was for the gays. It was for us. That was for us. The fact that they even called it divas, that was for us. I mean, they must have been time traveling to know what sort of dark times we're in today to know that us, as children, we needed it back then to set a strong foundation of queerness. <laughs> Tell me your memory, your young homosexual memories of watching VH1 Divas live. Well, I think it was really cool for me because I, at that time, you're at the mercy of your influences, right? So if you don't have like the cable or the the access to watch your own things before that, you know, you have what your parents are listening to or whomever raised you, a sibling, uh, a friend, you know, your influences were very much more like word of mouth or TV. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think seeing some of the people who I knew, but also who my parents had talked about on the same stage was really cool because it showcased, it started to, to lay a foundation of like generations past and, and present interacting with one another in a way that you didn't really see in other places, right? So now you have a moment where Harry Styles can bring Shania Twain on stage, right? Mm-hmm. And that's possible because of social media and streaming and fan demanded things, right? Yeah. And you have those really cool moments. You have, you know, Brandy coming out at the BET Awards to basically like play off a joke that happened when Jack Harlow didn't know her. Right. Right. And you can have those sort of groundbreaking moments. And those definitely could happen. I'm not saying that they couldn't. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being naive to, to you know, what, where we are now versus where we were then. But sure. I think that you didn't have as many of those moments that could just happen like boom without it being super calculated. And mm-hmm. so to have those divas all on the same stage was like, 
like I was short circuiting, yeah. right? It was it was really cool to see. And also, I just love seeing prolific women trying to out sing each other on a stage. Yeah. yeah. The other moment that I always think of is Mariah. Like respectfully out singing Aretha, not wanting to be an asshole, but like standing her ground. You know, like seeing Mariah kind of like cower to Aretha Franklin is like wild. Like, well, it's respect, right? Like, totally it just shows that Mariah understands that yeah. people laid the foundation before her that a lot of artists don't acknowledge ever, right? Yeah, Mariah always acknowledges that, and you might say that she's whatever she is, but she always gives credit where it's due. Absolutely, and she will shade Celine Dion in her memoir about that moment as well, right? Oh my God, VH1 Divas Live. Like I can't even put into words how much this meant to me as a young person. Like I I don't even have the words to describe it. It just felt so special. And like you said, things like this didn't happen. It, It just felt different to have like all of these women in the same room like this. It was like, this is prolific. Like this is a moment that is so important. And the fact that that show showcased them in such a unique way, each one of them, like you had Shania Twain, like sitting on a fucking stool, you know, strumming a guitar to whatever versus then having like Mariah come out. Like, it's just, it's so VH1. And it's so funny because if this happened on, like you could take all of these artists and have this same show happen on MTV and it would feel completely different it needed to be on vh1 yeah because you have like the the full orchestra behind them playing and then you know them pedaling to do the vh1 save the music foundation with this orchestra you know what i'm saying you remember this oh (laughs) yes oh yeah also the other the other moment is the miley cyrus and uh, Natasha Bedingfield and Beyonce and Rihanna, oh, all yes. of them wearing the t-shirts and the jeans. The t-shirts, yeah. <laughs> what happened? That is that is Twilight Zone. No, that could have when, been real. <laughs> <laughs> that was when things started to fully go off the rails. I feel, which I love. Oh, absolutely. I was like, oh, we're at the beginning of the end, or maybe the yeah. end of the end. <laughs> yeah. Let's go through some of these. Obviously, there was a ton of them, but like just these, the performer lists. Yeah. VH1 Divas 99, Tina Turner, Elton John, Cher, Leanne Rimes, Brandy, Faith Hill, Whitney Houston, Mary J. Blige, Shaka Khan. That is wild. Wild. Divas 2000. Shania Twain, Mariah Carey, Gloria Estefan, Celine Dion, Aretha Franklin. Like, what? I'm that sorry. Just, that doesn't happen. No. Unless you're doing a tribute performance or whatever, which they did do those on, on Divas Live. Yeah. Can I talk about something? Please. That was very VH1. Well, no, actually, they both did this. Both networks did this. They always tried to make someone happen. Can we talk about that for a moment? Because I think okay. that this exists within all of these shows. Okay. They always try to make someone happen. And you know who VH1's We Need to Make This Girly Happen artist is? 
I don't, do, do you have anyone that comes to mind before I say it? I don't, I don't know if you're reading my mind. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. I mean, I know I want you to say it. You say it. Anastasia. Oh my That's how you say God. it, right? It's not like Anastasia. No, I think it's Anast- I think she was Anastasia. They tried to make her happen. Yeah. So hard. She was <laughs> on Diva's Live. I don't remember which year, but she was on one of the years. Wait, what did she sing? I don't know, Troy. Even when I was watching her videos, I still didn't know. You want to know what I remembered? She had like a pretty like full throaty voice. Yeah. But she had these aviators on at some point somewhere in my memory in my nightmares and that's all I associate with her I associate with her like belting with aviators on and like singing like this (laughs) yes now that I'm looking at her yeah yeah I mean you can associate belting with aviators with Mary J Blige as well but that's not who we're talking about (laughs) yeah yes yes but you know what I mean they really try to make her happen okay so now that you know what I'm saying like do you have an example of like an MTV like girly they tried to make a thing um Cheyenne do you remember her Kimball (laughs) your face (laughs) I'm hanging on Cheyenne yes I watched that whole show very much her I mean I feel like MTV had so many people like that where they were just like no they're MTV famous it's fine they're they're famous here it's fine yeah 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 or we're going to manufacture their fame yes exactly they're just going to be famous like you um you don't have a choice teens (laughs) I know shout out to uh Bridget from literal trash 2004 because she loves Anastasia she loves her Oh, I love that. So I'm going to say glory be to her because she's the only person I ever see shouting her out, which I love. (laughs) It's so funny that you brought her up. (laughs) I think about it. I think about it. I think about her, who she is, but I never look into it because I don't think I can, I don't think I can go there. I think, I think she might've had a good career overseas. I don't want to, if there are Anastasia fans and stands out there, I'm really not trying to be. They're coming, girl. They might come for me. They're I, coming. People try and cancel me for smaller things than this, but um, I just, I never really got that one. She was on the one that was Celine, Cher, Dixie Chicks, and Shakira. Vegas. How did she get there? That's wild. I'll, I will say that that's pretty fucking crazy that she was on that. And why was Shakira there? Were they acknowledging like her pretty like robust Latin music career before this? Because she was on pretty early. Shakira was VH1 famous before she was MTV famous. And that's yeah, the, for she's sure. almost the perfect example. Because when she dyed her hair blonde, she literally mm-hmm. became MTV famous. Like laundry service represents Shakira stepping into her MTV era. For Whereas sure. before, when she was just doing like Latin music, she was famous on VH1. Like I knew Shakira from watching her perform on VH1. And they would always show like those, her early performances where she would like, <clears throat> like she had like dark hair with like the red in it. Yeah. Oh, and I she remember. would always perform barefoot on yeah. like the carpet, you know? Um, Do you think that whenever she dyed her hair, that's whenever she was, uh, you know, entered into the Illuminati? You know, they always say there's like a ceremony <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that was her public ceremony. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was just her dyeing her hair. <laughs> yeah. And dreading it. Yeah. Uh, 
But yeah, versus, I mean, listen, we have talked about the VMAs a lot on this podcast, but I haven't really talked to you about it. Like, what are your early VMAs memories? I'm trying to think, honestly, because of the timing, like the first VMAs that I would have watched. I knew about the a lot of the Britney VMA moments because they were newsworthy, right? Mm-hmm. They were transcending the VMAs, like the mainstream, yep. everyone was talking about them. I mean, Britney was anything, anything that happened with Britney was on like CNN. So mm-hmm. that was pretty undeniable. Um, early VMA, unfortunately, I think that some of my earlier VMAs memories were either like Britney-less years or, which I say, unfortunately, other things happened. At the yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, Britney is so intertwined into VMA for me, like most people. Um, and then like 2007, you know, some of those later moments when I was in high school. So I don't think I had as much of a connection to the VMAs uh, as some of the other MTV programming. Like I definitely watched TRL whenever I was you know, had the cable and everything, blah, 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 blah. I just didn't really watch the VMAs very much until later. I mean, I've watched a lot of them now. Right. Uh, so, but yeah, I just, I didn't have as much of a connection. Wah, wah. The VMAs, I think might be probably the most like influential award show for me. Well, I was going to ask you, what's your, what's your big, VMA moment that that is so important to you outside of Britney things outside of Britney um Madonna yeah Madonna and just understanding that like that was kind of like Madonna's award show before Britney's and that she kind of helped create the the idea like the culture yeah you know that anything can happen that it's like kind of sexy celebrities can be kind of crazy there like I just, I don't know. I, I guess just the idea that anything could happen with celebrities, like that was so crazy to me. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who grew up being obsessed with famous people, I just, it felt so different than like the Oscars and stuff. Cause we were a really big award show family. Gotcha. Like, we loved award shows. We always watched the Oscars. We always watched the Emmys, like everything. And especially back in the day, those all felt so like, pinkies up hoity-toity bow tie like soft clap just so and important too Mm -hmm. like you had to act like they were so important oh my god and now people are like i don't give a fuck about this or that or this award means nothing you know yeah it was so prestigious and like so like you know i'm eating on the top fucking uh level of the titanic like Mm -hmm. very that you know yeah whereas the vmas felt like it felt like the bottom bunk. It felt like Jack down there tapping his feet with those drunks. It felt like it felt like uh, the skating rink in the small town on a Friday night where all the teens are let loose and they do the yes. skate. You know what I mean? It really yes. did. I love seeing like the thing I love about the VMAs is how like feral they are. Mm. It just seems like all of the stray cats that are usually in different parts of their neighborhoods are <laughs> suddenly in the same building. Seeing like a Fred Durst present an award with you know like a Christina or someone of that caliber Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, you know and and I talked about this on on my podcast with Bridget uh about 
award show moments where Hillary Duff was with the most random people, like presenting an award with Lil John, yeah. and just being like, I don't know what to do with you. He's like yeah. holding a goblet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like a like a diamond encrusted goblet and hillary duff's got her like choppy straight bangs yeah and her like rocker jeans yeah 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 and she's just like <laughs> help <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was something just again that just felt very like this is a once in a lifetime moment whatever happens tonight can never be recreated and you know, and you want to experience it live. That was the other thing is you couldn't rewatch the VMAs unless they re-aired it, which they would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you wanted to be a part of the moment as it was happening. And it wasn't like, there was no, the thing about award shows is that they're exhausted now before they even start. Like, yeah. I don't want, I can tell you with my entire spirit, I don't care about anyone's award show commentary, Met Gala commentary anymore at all all i don't give a fuck i i literally i'm so exhausted of award shows before they even end at this point because everybody is live tweeting every fucking moment of it and back then everything just felt like it was like happening and the moments were happening and it was special and then you would talk about it with your family and then you'd have to wait to go to school the next day to talk about it with people and everybody was just ignited like the school bus the next day after a VMAs bitch when the school bus is lit after the VMAs girl tea is being spilled honey on bus four I can only speak for bus four as for me and mine we're bus four people okay we don't take any of those other buses listen I can also the only option because it's the one that comes on my route right (laughs) oh my god it was such a different vibe like and that's why I think award shows just don't, you know, they don't feel special anymore at all. They just, there's just nothing special about them anymore. And it's sad. Yeah, I'm with you. And MTV keeps trying to recreate the magic. And some years are, are mm-hmm. better than others, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the uh, like the pandemic 2021, where everybody kind of like filmed their own thing separately mm-hmm. and they had to like really piece it together. I actually liked that for some reason. I don't know. Even though I like the togetherness of all of it, I felt like they did that one pretty well. Well, because they had to do something different. It feels like now, like you said, MTV is constantly, MTV is the definition of that person that graduated but won't get a, like get rid of their Letterman's jacket. Like they want so badly to be as cool as they once were. And instead of just like pivoting, they try and like recreate those moments. Like, you can't recreate, there's never, we're never going to live in a world where somebody like Normani has a moment as iconic as Madonna and Britney. Yeah. It just isn't going to happen. It just, we don't live in a world where it can happen. She yeah. could go on stage with her fully nude and it still wouldn't even hit. You know what I mean? Yeah. The same way. So I think it's also just a sign of the times. Yeah. And also, you know, when you pivot away from, playing music on your channel sure i get that you can't just do music videos anymore because of youtube i get that but not even music focused television yeah like like things are surrounding music that would be yeah. interesting and fun and entertaining it's all gone and so then you have to you you have this music event that's happening once per year and yeah. it doesn't feel genuine anymore because you don't do anything related to music except for yeah. this one event 
it's absurd yeah it's almost like what makes you even think that you can have an an award show anymore for artists like you don't do anything to propel these people to put them on a pedestal you don't do anything yeah like back in the day it felt really special like that moment of Christina Aguilera iconically walking down the steps in that denim skirt with the scarf as a shirt that feels special because that year Christina Aguilera was having a massive fucking MTV year Mm-hmm. You know, she was a, a queen on TRL. She had just released all these music videos that were being rotated on that network and had changed the culture of that network. Like, it felt like something to see Christina at the VMAs because she was impacting that network so much. Now, if Doja Cat is at the VMAs, she's probably, who cares? Yeah. You know, there's no music. Yeah. <laughs> Except Doja Cat is definitely an MTV girl, so... 1000%. If we were going to talk about some new people, which we totally should. Um, yeah. But speaking of the videos, we should talk about the other sister shows that we have. Oh, yes. Pop up oh, yes. video and making the video. Now, this is important. This is wild. Now, pop up video is not something I think I appreciated as much when I was younger as I do now. Like going back and watching clips of pop up video. Mm-hmm. I love it because. This was giving us, once again, access to something that we didn't have, right? Yeah. So, like, any celebrity now can share BTS of their making, or of, of their video or whatever. Yeah. Um, and you're not going to get the adrenaline rush of watching making the video or learning something that you didn't know, trivia about the artist or the production or something else, like on pop-up video. Mm-hmm. So you don't have that. Like those things can't really ever be recreated in the same way. Like, yes, BTS, sure. You can get, you can get some information about what the process was like, but getting to see that full, making a production of the production and making the video, genius. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's genius because, again, these are videos that are impacting this network so intensely. Like, Oops, I Did It Again is playing on this network all day and all night. And you, like, you identify that video with MTV, right? Mm -hmm. It's iconic. Like, even back then, it felt like this was such an MTV music video. So then to be able to watch it be made and know everything that went into it. And then again, watch it on the network and know, and have that memory of how it was created is like, it's why we have such a connection to so many music videos because they were put on a, on a pedestal, you know, like these networks yeah. used to really champion their artists and really give them a platform and like a creative, interesting platform that was like really special. And they just don't do that anymore. Like it really made you fall in love with these people, you know? Yeah. But then you have the argument on the other side of like, we were told who to like and how to feel about them. True. So like, I see both sides. I do. But the, there is something 
kind of gone in the magic of it all right now that yeah. social media is has entered the ring she's entered the chat and we can't get the mods to kick her out <laughs> well let's tell people what pop-up video is because there are young people listening that probably don't know which is sickening um so pop-up video was this show on vh1 and they would air music videos that were in heavy rotation that were very popular but they would pop up these little facts about the filming of the video, about the song, about random phrases and things that they were saying in the song. The way that I would describe it is almost like if Song Genius had a television show and every little thing that you can click on Song Genius and those little pop-ups that tell you like, you know, this phrase means this and Avril Lavigne was feeling this when she wrote it and she said that it was written about her dad in a hotel room, whatever. Um, that was pop-up video. And yeah. it was early internet, so you just didn't have access to like facts like that about music videos. Yeah, and those little like info pop-up bubbles that would appear in different scenes of the of the music video are officially called info nuggets. Did you know that? I learned oh. that whenever I was re- re- uh, researching for this. Info nuggets. I can, he- I can hear them in my head. Oh, me too. I can hear the popping noise. And I hear pop-up video. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Were so, you... Oh, oh go, no, ahead. You go. go ahead. No, no, you go. No, please. No, 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 please. Well, I was just going to ask, did you favor one over the other? I think pop-up video was easier to like have in the background. Mm-hmm. And like, it wasn't, it didn't feel like so weight not weighty but like important to view but making the video was I mean they they were premiering the video after like the world premiere of the video would happen often right like after they aired making the video so you know you would see this whole process for an artist that you already love and then you get the finished product it's so satisfying it was really satisfying. Also made me, when I was younger, it made me think like, I really wanted to be a music video director when I was like a kid. And even like through high school, I was like, that's my career. Like when you were directing those photo shoots of your friends. I don't even, I can't even believe that you just said that on my podcast. <laughs> you can edit that out. <laughs> I will be. Um, Jesse's bringing up like old MySpace shit that I don't really want to get into. Um but <laughs> but um anyways so <laughs> making the video now i'm flustered i didn't like that <laughs> um making the video felt really special because like i remember seeing behind the scenes videos of people like i remember watching like michael jackson's behind the scenes for, like black or white like there were times when like they would air people making music videos I know I had seen it before yeah but not like that yeah not like that to see the whole entire thing the the storyboards the drawings of these scenes before they become a reality the wardrobe I mean the choreography oh my god like I think about those behind the scenes moments every time I watch that video like yeah the the like sketch of her like on the motorcycle and yeah how could you not when she's like pretending to climb up the wall with those sticky things and she breaks one 
yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, oh, and that, yeah, that's why those videos are so special to us because we have like layered memories with them that you just can't recreate now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about storytellers and unplugged. Well, there's this one's easy for me. I didn't love storytellers because it was boring to me as a youngin. I'd probably yeah. like love it now <laughs> in in my advanced age. Um, you would, but storytellers definitely is a really cool concept now because you get a glimpse into the person and it feels really intimate, like an intimate gathering for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the same with unplugged. I mean, unplugged is where we get, I mean, emotions. I, I keep talking about Mariah. You kidding like, me? That's one of the, that's one of the most important unplugged moments ever. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I could be wrong about this. Storytellers and unplugged are, very, like you said, very similar vibe. These are definitely sister shows without any, maybe more than any other yeah. show that we've mentioned. Yeah. But storytellers never had the cultural impact that MTV Unplugged did. I'm going to agree with you. MTV Unplugged, like artists who had a successful MTV Unplugged, that is a Wikipedia like slot. Like that's a new chapter on your Wikipedia page. That is a bookmark. Like that's that's a chapter of your whole story. Lauren Hill, Nirvana, Alanis Morissette, like Ugh, Alanis. Are you kidding me? Massive. That was huge for her career. To have like an impactful MTV unplugged was like such a fucking oh, that was such a like a a high merit for you as an artist, I feel. And the fact that they would release their unplugged performances as full live albums. Exactly. I mean, that in itself is huge. I mean. That was when Mariah with um, Trey Lorenz released oh my their, their live cover of I'll Be There. Are you kidding went, me? went number one. That's cultural like, impact, baby. For sure. I mean, also Lauren Hill. Yeah. Lauren Hill performing songs from the miseducation of Lauren Hill on her MTV Unplugged is musically one of the most important moments ever. Like Nirvana. I mean... Yeah, that was Kurt Cobain's, like, last televised performances, or one of the last. Yeah. MT- Storytellers is gorgeous, and I, I don't yeah. have as deep-rooted memories of Storytellers, but Me neither. when we were prepping for this episode, I started looking up some, and I was like, oh, I'm going to watch these for sure. Like, I saw Fiona. I saw a lot of really good ones. Yeah. Um, but nothing compares to Unplugged. Yeah. Unplugged, definitely, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, the cultural impact was really important. Yeah. And again, I know I'm going to say this every time, but it's just important. Like the creative outlet that MTV gave artists, like why did they take that away? It's so crazy to me. No idea. But let's oh, oh, wait one quick thing though. You know, we talked about Shakira being an, uh, a VH1 artist. Mm. But she did the first ever unplugged broadcast entirely in another language, by the way. Wow. And it was the first Latin unplugged album to win a Grammy. That's interesting. 
yeah, just wanted to, you know, you know, I love the stats and the figures, you know, I love I know. The facts like that. I, I bring know. it up every time. And I always have to remind you that I love, <laughs> but you, you know, um, let's Blank. talk about behind the music and diary. This is probably the most important one for me. Oh, okay. Okay. Then come out with your thoughts, baby. Well, these are my two favorite MTV and VH1 shows. Okay. Um, diary is again, as somebody who just grew up loving famous people and celebrity diary to me felt like an Instagram live 20 years before social media. Like, yeah, I, and it was so beautifully shot. Like I loved the production of that show and how they would do those random moments where there was like still images of them talking that looked like the really pretty, just like pictures. Yeah. And I just loved how intimate Diary was. It felt so intimate. Oh my God. You know what I love about Diary? I love when they would be like whatever celebrity, they'd be like driven around in their car and they stop for fast food. Does he stop? Literally, I know that's, I know it's really niche, but I also know that you would understand that. Of course. When they stop for like McDonald's, I don't know why, but that just like gets something rumbling inside of me. Yeah. Is it, I, I don't know what is rumbling. I don't know where in my body it's rumbling. Because um, <laughs> it's so intimate. I, and, and I think back then too, because we didn't have the access, celebrities felt so much more like celebrities. Yeah. And it, it made you feel like you were seeing something so special that you like can't even blink. Like, I can't believe I am in this person's house you know, I'm in their recording studio, like, I'm watching Christina Aguilera, like, hang out with Alicia Keys, and yeah, she's barefoot, and, you know, it's like, this is so, I'm, we're friends now, I'm friends with her, you know? Yeah. Um, Is is there a diary that um, sticks out to you? So many, I love Aaliyah's diary so fucking much. I love Aaliyah's diary. Obviously, Britney's diary is amazing such a beautiful episode um Brittany Murphy's diary is incredible it's incredible hurts yeah I think Uptown Girls was like new during hers oh man um there's so many I just I Jennifer Lopez great diary great absolutely um I really want to watch that one now to see how much she's changed oh my god Mandy Moore oh Lindsay Lohan for me and Hillary of course Oh yes, Enrique. Enrique, yes, that's a for good different one. reasons. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. You think just, just I, I don't want to forget to ask you this. Mm-hmm. Enrique and Ricky. Okay, they're two sides of the same coin to mm-hmm. me, much mm-hmm. like you know the Britney Christina back in the mm-hmm. day. Who was the MTV and who was the VH1? Ricky is VH1. Enrique is MTV. You think so? It's one thousand percent. Okay. What do you do you think you think different? I I actually struggled to know where to place them because Rick, Ricky's Ricky's like image is so MTV to me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and en- Enrique jumped into the English music scene with a soundtrack song, which is like such a VH1 thing to do, right? You know what I mean? So that's why I think that's where my initial confusion comes out. But in but but Ricky was. A menudo boy so we already had the boy band thing and then he came out and he was like ultra sexy and he was wearing like 
a black turtleneck and like tight pants and yeah. I don't know I, I I like struggle I I don't know I think I'm just horny that's what it is you're just for horny. both of them <laughs> um no but listen okay think about it this way so uh yeah. Enrique was like a TRL boy yeah he was on TRL all the time that's true and his music videos like don't turn off the lights and stuff he's one of those artists that could like teeter back and forth to me sure like that he existed in both lanes whereas Ricky like living the vida loca and like she bangs and shit that was so vh1 it was like mtv would never play she bangs oh my gosh she's all i ever had the the ballad from it's it was his like ballad from his first album and he's wearing like a white linen thing and he's like stepping out onto like he's like moving his sliding door in his like beachfront of course home of course and, like, looking for his woman or whatever slow motion walking to the radio oh, to the banister yeah. yeah that was i mean that was a big song though it's just not one that like remains in the zeitgeist or whatever but oh i had the album so i knew it but it was very vh1 you're right and like before we end this episode, we are going to talk about the fact that some artists could exist in both lanes and how different their careers were in both lanes. And like his song with Christina is the almost the gold tier example of Christina being a VH1 girl randomly. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And it's funny because they were both like, we're going to do duets with like pop divas. Right. And then Enrique and Whitney. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Could I have this kiss forever versus nobody wants to be lonely? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually have a preferred one, which makes no sense. Um, Ooh, what is it? Ricky and Christina. Me too. Yeah, I think it's a It's a great song. song. It's a great song. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, this I'm is, getting excited. No, this <laughs> is just like, I mean, listen, we're two homosexuals being able to do this. I know. Um, okay, behind the music, though. Let's talk about behind the music. I mean, TLC. Nothing else to be said. There's nothing else to be said. Let me look up some iconic so, behind the music episodes. So important. The TLC one. I mean, I watched a lot of behind the musics. Oh, but I don't. Too. I don't remember them, but I remember TLCs. Behind the 1, music. That show was, again, profound as somebody who just, like, wanted to know more about famous people. Behind the music, I can't think of another, I don't know what you would even call that kind of show. It's not like a docuseries. It's like, um, what would you call that? Like a, like, biography kind of? Yeah, I mean, it felt like a, I mean, I, I guess it's considered documentary, but it felt more like, like a 2020 on ABC on a Friday night yeah like unsolved mystery style you know what i mean that's exactly yeah that's exactly it felt, it it felt like true crime before true crime but it wasn't true crime it was just that feeling that true crime gives you right like you set the yeah. whole stage go through the whole story because <sighs> it made you feel like you were seeing something that maybe you shouldn't be seeing you were hearing things that were very behind the scenes and blind items <laughs> very blind itemy honestly it did kind yeah. of feel like that you know and it just felt so important. Like, I remember watching that and being like, I am obtaining some fucking important information right now. Like, this is wild. And I thought I loved this artist. I thought I loved this band or whatever. But mm-hmm. now I really fucking love them. Yeah. You know? Th- those were emotional, those behind the musics. 
Oh my gosh, absolutely. And they would they would cover like legacy artists too. Mm, mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, I'm looking at the list right now. And of course you have like your Aerosmith and your ACDC and you hear about some of the absolutely batshit things because the music industry, talk about feral. I mean, the music industry was even more feral back in like the seventies and eighties, right? Yeah. Because it was, it was relatively young and there was so much more corruption that was just out in the open. I mean, the corruption now is like, they kind of, you know, they, they, they make you sign a terrible contract that like locks you in or whatever. Yeah. But back then they were just doing like cocaine and, and, you know, sexually abusing every, like just everything terrible yeah. was just out in the open, but also a secret from the public, you know, it, mm-hmm. such a weird time. And that, and they just laid it all out there on behind the music. And we never heard anything like that until that moment you know what I mean not to that scale not in so not in such a mainstream way that's exactly it we had never seen artists be like there were a lot of artists that would choose behind the music to tell stuff for the first time and I remember I can hear the voice in my head being like and coming up so and so will share for the first time blah 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 like and just feeling like this you know like Milli Vanilli yeah like Milli Vanilli's behind the music episode is probably one of the most memorable and one of the most like uh rewatched of that whole series and that was kind of the first time that they had ever like spoke well I I guess the one because the one had passed away um but the first First time time they literally spoke because they never made sounds yeah yeah first time they literally spoke because they didn't sing ever (laughs) like (laughs) first time they turned the microphone on yeah 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 um <laughs> he said tap tap is this thing on and um, to see like george michael you know a platform for someone to actually like be open about being queer yeah yes crazy mc hammer yeah who talking which... about being broke and when no people did not do that back then yes absolutely and that was the other thing that really stuck out about the tlc episode because i mean if you don't know anything about tlc's story they were not getting paid. Right. They released massively successful albums. And this is when you could you could eat off of an album for five to ten years after yeah. like, comfortably and not do a damn not do a damn thing afterwards. At least 12 being, singles. Absolutely. If you were being compensated correctly. Right. Because you would album the whole press tour and then your tour tour. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're promoting before, during, and after, and then you're touring. And they were the biggest girl group at that point of all time. Of all time. And they're making- Off of two they, albums. <laughs> from two albums, and they couldn't afford to buy, like, Jeeps. Yeah. They were broke. And, <clears throat> like, that moment of Left Eye being like, I'm going to explain to you how you can sell, you know, 50 million records and have no money. That and clip. her breaking that down- that clip, just the word of mouth of that clip, of that moment, was so impactful. Changed their careers. Also, by the way, like, set them off onto, like, the No Scrubs era. Like, be- their Behind the Music was their launching pad. No Scrubs. Yeah. Which, and fan mail, that album like revolutionized everything i mean that that yeah 
in itself was just a groundbreaking album too yeah yeah to see these women these black women like say yes we we're r&b and pop and everything but we can do like this kind of like deep deep like electronic type of music as well to experimental yeah yes like and, and you didn't you saw that with some solo artists but to see that with like a black group yeah i mean that was pretty that was huge and they're like we've been alt this whole time and you guys just haven't realized so we're gonna lean in hello hi we've been we've been counterculture we've been talking about condoms and safe sex since 1992 or whatever and aids hello yeah they're so fucking punk rock i know oh tlc Oh, another good example of an artist that existed so perfectly in the middle of VH1. I mean, because they were digging on you is very much VH1. You know what I mean? While Silly Ho is very much MTV. Well, I was going to say, like, no scrubs is to MTV. You think, uh, like, I associate that more with MTV and that was popular in both. But then Unpretty, I think VH1, 1000%. Completely. Not even a question. You know what I mean? (laughs) Completely completely absolutely they said this is going to be an 80s 90s and today hit that's what they <laughs> right. said yeah and we're like girl talk is like so mtv yeah you know very that <laughs> um let's move to our last little category here of you ought to know versus spanking new music i'm gonna be honest with you i don't give a flying fart about spanking new music because you yes, ought to know do. flows through my veins no i know what you're gonna say and Jesse. yes but that aside that aside, I have no connection to Spankin' New. Wow. I don't. I'm the same way opposite. Mm. Tell me okay, everything well, about you want to know. Okay. <laughs> Is that your tongue pop? Yeah, because I can't pop my <laughs> tongue. I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So here's when I... Uh, You Ought to Know is the place where you see some superstars like fully born, right? Mm -hmm. And like you, You Ought to Know was just kind of like intermittently in like commercial breaks and stuff like that. And it would be a recurring thing that would air in between main shows. And they would showcase someone like new and upcoming that you should know. Let's Mm -hmm. look at some of the You Ought to Know artists that came out of here. Okay. Number one being Miss Adele. Wow. I knew of Adele before 21 when everybody else did because they were featuring Chasing Pavements. Okay. Are you talking about when they would do that thing where they would, they would um, show a you ought to know artist in between. Yes. In between the commercials and the commercials, they would do a snippet of the song. And then they would also like profile the artists themselves and like give them a platform so they were they were intentionally trying to find artists that were very new and trying to break into the scene and then they brought them to the masses right and like sometimes it was sometimes it was a massive hit like it was but i mean if if i'm looking at artists you ought to know um some big ones you ready um we have brandy carlisle wow amy winehouse uh, Colby Calais, Ingrid Michaelson, Sarah Bareilles, Estelle, Leona Lewis, Duffy. I mean, there's Katie Tunstall, which I know isn't. Wow. But, but like, she suddenly, is, I see. Yeah. Wow. But like, you, uh, I mean, and that song, Somewhere Only We Know by like 
what is it, Keen? Mm-hmm. That's how you pronounce it. That song was literally wow. everywhere. Them. Um, let me see who else is on here. Um, the script. That's uh, wild. Mumford and Sons, Bruno Mars at one point, Christina Perry, Sia, The Civil Wars, Foster the People. I mean, I could go on and on. Gautier and Kimbra. That is crazy. Yeah. You ought to know was pretty cool because it was <clears throat> it was before you could like um, skip commercials. Yeah. So you were watching commercials anyway, and it was cool that they would just show you like a little music video yeah. clip of somebody that they're going to start putting on a pedestal. Lord, Tuvelu. There were some big, there were some hard hitters on here. And like people who are still big right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. Maybe I, I did have much more of a connection to you ought to know than I realized. It just sort of existed like in, you know, it just was like uh, something that was like in the background, but very important still. And they were showcasing a lot of artists who gave us that 90s, like scorned piano guitar moment. Yeah. That we didn't, that wasn't the the main, the most popular thing at the time anymore, right? Like, mm-hmm. So they were they were giving us a little bit. I think I think I liked it. Spanking New was great because you were gonna get your brand new like mainstream artist thing and like you this was what was the the barometer for popularity, right? Yeah. You ought to know was like we're gonna find something groundbreaking and like be different, you know, which I don't care about. But I did learn of some artists that I absolutely love because of you ought to know. Well, let me at least give, let me throw spanking new music. Um, no, a please. I'm not just trying to shit on them. I'm really not. But I just like, I I was like, I really wanted to give my underdog girl like a moment. You know what I mean? Like my my little sibling that like really, really wanted to to shine at school. And I was like, no, like let Timmy play in the talent show. I don't know. I don't have a good fucking analogy. All I know is, <laughs> I just no, I actually, I actually think that, um, that I think spanking new music is the underdog. Okay. Tell me more. Well, I don't, Spanking New Music has less of a clear sort of, like, what it is is, like, not even, like, a, it's debatable what it even is, because MTV used to change what Spanking New Music even meant, like, all the time, so really, it it was just, like, when an artist, an MTV-specific artist had new music coming out, and MTV meant, like, we're gonna display it in, like, a really special way, so my example, of course, being Britney. Of course. When, when In the Zone was being released, Britney was considered spanking new music. So instead of just having her like come on TRL, they closed down Times Square. Like that's the kind of shenanigans that MTV would pull for spanking new music week where, you know, they would do something really, really special, um, usually on TRL for an artist. And sometimes it would air like later in the evening or, yeah. you know, it would air during like a weekend or something when, you know, TRL would, would normally be on. Um, something is, is something like, uh, like, I don't know if this would be considered it, but like Jay-Z going down to like the record store and like his album coming out and them not knowing that he's showing up and like showing up on MTV's cameras, like just shenanigans, That's cool. That's really you know, cool. yeah. fun stunts for music coming out. And like you said earlier, it was like a time when celebrities were like really celebrities. 
So when they would do stuff like this, it felt so, I mean, it was like royalty greeting the public. It really was the kind of pandemonium that you just can't recreate. The gravity of it was undeniable. Yeah, massive. Um, Okay. Yeah. I think think that they're they're sisters because there's not really anything comparable uh, otherwise, Mm -hmm. but they're so different. I don't Very different. Yeah, they're so different. And I think that VH1 had a better way of sort of displaying like new artists being like, we think that these people are really important and you should listen. Yeah, no, you're right. So I, I wanted to bring a concept to the forefront here. Oh, okay. So we're obviously going to discuss artists that we feel like fall into each category as well as artists that have crossover appeal, if you will, mm-hmm. as, as promised, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I was thinking about this weird connection (laughs) between the now compilation albums and how they, the, the, the songs and artists that they decided to feature and how they kind of fit into the MTV versus VH1 category Mm -hmm. as you like move through the album. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I pulled up now four, and I want to just read the track listing to you and I want you to put MTV versus VH1. Oh, oh my God. Okay. All right. Let's go. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. So now four. So this okay. is released July 18th, 2000. Okay. okay. So larger than life Backstreet Boys. MTV. You drive me crazy, Britney Spears. MTV. Which is wild to think that those two things were happening at the same time because I always yeah, I know. feel like larger than life was later. I need to know Mark Anthony. VH1. For sure. Uh, Candy, Mandy Moore. MTV. Eiffel 65, Blue, Daba D. VH1. Really? Yeah. I feel like that's a, a I feel like that's a MTV. Do you think that's me. both? It could be both. Maybe, maybe she's bi. She's bi. She's bi yeah, girl. She's bi. Maybe she's bi. And listeners, if you disagree, comment below. Yeah, totally. Okay. A one-off song that I love and I still have in heavy rotation. It feels so good, so neat. MTV. Dance. Great song. Dance Great girl. Song. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then, I mean, this one's pretty clear for me. I want to see where you feel. Uh, I belong to you, Lenny Kravitz. V- VH1. Yes. Lenny Kravitz is a VH1 girl. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. <sighs> okay. I just need to have a moment. Um, I knew I loved you, Savage Garden. VH1. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Hello. I want to know Joe. VH1. Yeah. Yeah. But then try again, Aaliyah. MTV? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Waiting for tonight, Jennifer Lopez. Both. Oh, that's interesting. Waiting for tonight is, but let's, this is, let's stop here for a second. Yeah, let's stop, please. Because there are certain artists like V, okay. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, well, okay. So Jennifer, early Jennifer Lopez, right? Yeah. Early Jennifer Lopez, like, the interesting thing about some artists is that they teeter in and out of yeah. being VH1 or MTV. I'm with and you. I'm tracking. I already, yes. You know what I'm going to say. So early on the six is like a, a full, almost VH1 album, right? 1,000. And um, if you had my, I would almost say that VH1 uh, helped Jennifer's career much more than MTV at the beginning. If you had my love. Ooh, that she's was, saying controversial things. Listen, if you had my a, love. <laughs> She shrugged. She shrugged. She said, oh, me. She gave it over the shoulder. 
she beveled. Um, but no, if you had my love, bitch, that's VH1 all the way house down mama boots, kid kitty girl. <laughs> the house. Anyway, sorry, keep going. No, I'm loving this. This is so fun to me. This is like, this I know. Is this is porn. Um, get it on tonight, Montel Jordan. <laughs> that's VH1, right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I would say that for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, Steal My Kisses, Ben Harper. Do you oh know the song? Oh, God. I don't steal my kisses. It sounds very Ooh, familiar. Lord, steal my kisses from you. Oh, oh wow. Wow. That's VH1 for sure. Oh uh, then the morning comes, Smash Mouth. Oh, I think we know where that goes, VH1. Absolutely. And I have very specific memories of that music video in particular playing on the Top 20 Countdown. VH1 loved them some Smash Mouth. My Lord, did they. <laughs> they sure did and so do i okay um meet virginia train Oof, vh1 so goosebumps so i definitely had vh1 Oof. at this point because i remember this video so hard oh i love Meet virginia oh Me my too. god oh <laughs> i'm gonna hear that live okay um i try macy gray we talked about this of course vh1 um this time around hansen Hanson's interesting. I feel like Hanson is MTV for Umbop only, and then they only. moved fully into VH1 territory. Yeah, absolutely. Poisonally. And as a former Tolson, their their city of origin, I think I can say that confidently. <laughs> and then uh, all the small things, Blink-182. MTV. Yeah. That was literally so fun. I know. What do you want to do one more? We'll do one more. Okay, we'll do one more. Okay, Please. quick fun fact, because you know I love this. Yes. The You Drive Me Crazy version that they put on Now 4 is the album version, not the Stop remix. Good for them. Isn't that crazy? I like the album version better. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I don't. Okay. Not many people do. It's okay. Yeah, I don't. Um, Let's skip ahead a few. Okay, let's go to my favorite Oh, I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but it is like, for nows, this one was, this one was on heavy rotation for oh, me. Oh, I'm floating off the ground. I'm ready. Oh my God. Okay. Now 10. Okay. And we, we kick it off with Overprotected, the Dark Child remix. MTV. Hardcore. Can't get you out of my head, Kylie Minogue. Oh, wow. VH1. So, I think that that was her MTV moment. I really, the, she's all VH1 all the way because she's underappreciated. You're probably right. Her platform. I think that was her one MTV moment. You're right. That was definitely her MTV moment. That was like her giant, like, yeah, that was MTV. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Okay. Thank you. We're on the same page. Okay. Yeah. Escape Enrique Iglesias. VH1. Yeah. Yeah. The video feels, uh, you know, now I'm getting confused with Enrique again. Enrique uh, is almost straight down the middle. He, like, so he's, he's so, I feel like that's more MTV. But then you move to his next album, which wasn't as successful, but it had the song Addicted and then Not in Love featuring Khalees. And that's a very VH1 because he kind of fell into obscurity. I think Escape still could be an MTV moment for me. I, I don't right. think we have to agree here, but I think for me, it's an MTV moment. But no, I feel you. Longevity 
it has both for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's got both for sure. Ah, it's got both. I wish he was by. Okay, um, and then we have I've got you, Mark Anthony. No, oh, VH1. Absolutely. Yeah. Played always. on played on the the eighties um, nineties today station one thousand. Yeah. Uh, girlfriend, the Neptunes remix featuring Nelly in sync. MTV. God, what a good song. God damn. The it. bridge. The bridge with JC. <sighs> Oh, don't. I literally just, I'm not even kidding you. I'm not kidding. I will listen to that immediately when we're done. That is my favorite NSYNC song. My girl. Don't even, let's not even, let's not even do it. I search around this whole damn place and everything says you were meant to be my girlfriend. I I literally did it that way so that I could spare you all for me trying to hit those vocals. Okay. I'm going to be all right. Trackmasters remix J-Lo featuring Nas. This is my preferred version of this song, by the way. Ooh, oh my God, that song. That's an MTV song. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I'm gonna be... Oh, die. oh my God. Oh. <laughs> um, okay, this is, where, this is where this album gets really interesting. Are you ready? Okay. This is like, this is where we move into territory of some songs that I wouldn't consider like chart hits. Mm-hmm. But I, I literally only knew them because of Now 10. Okay, you ready? Okay. Um, don't say goodbye, Paulina Rubio. I don't know if I know that song. I mean, Paulina are you Rubio. ready? <clears throat> you want me to sing? Oh, oh, I thought that was an invitation for me to sing it. Um, <laughs> no, it goes, it's like, don't say goodbye. Don't turn away. It doesn't have to ah! end to Yes, yeah. yes. I knew you would get Rubio. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's VH1. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay, you ready? You ready for it to get weirder? Okay. Okay, move it like this, Baja Men. That's Radio Disney. <laughs> it's neither. Yeah, that's neither. I honestly don't think it's either. That's neither. I said it. Okay, and then I really want to know your opinion on this one. More than a woman, Aaliyah. And I'm going to say MTV. And really? I know, no, let's talk about this for a second. So the reason that I'm going to say MTV okay. is because that music video was such a MTV music video, but um, Rock the Boat is VH1. I feel like it's opposite for me. Really? I feel like, I feel like more than a woman has the music video aesthetic of MTV for sure. Mm-hmm. As a song, I think she's a VH1 girl. Wow, that's the only one that we're hard disagree. Because more than a woman is more, I think it's more like adult contemporary pop than anything that Aaliyah normally did as a single. That's my favorite Aaliyah song. I love that song. More than a woman is like, I listen to that song so often and like, whatever. But yeah, I mean, I guess I could see where you feel that way, especially like just with the song, if you take the video out of it. But yeah, I'm going to say she's... It's fine. She's, she's an, an MTV, MTV girl. girl. She's yeah. an MTV girl. I think that was yeah. her. I think that was her VH1 moment, personally. But I know I know where she is. I know where she yeah. is. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. B2K. Oh, MTV. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Uh, always on time, Ja Rule and Ashanti. You say already it. know. Say it. I mean, that's an MTV song for sure. Yeah. And you know how I feel about Ja Rule in any female collaboration. 
What's my motherfucking name? <laughs> um, I'm so sorry. Um, okay, so this is another song that I did not know outside of Now 10. Are you ready? Okay. It's called Sugar High by Jade Anderson. Do you know this song? No. This this one's weird. That's why I wanted to do this one because it is it doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm gonna it was like it sugar sweet, my sugar high. And it goes, I love you, I love you, I love you. Like that. It's no, I one. definitely do not know I that know. song. I don't know it outside of this album. So we're gonna go nothing. Yeah, nothing. Okay, this one's pretty obvious for me. Uh, half crazy music. He was just music at this point, but music soul child. Oh, VH1. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. 100%. I love that song. Yes. By the way. Yeah. Um, underneath your clothes, Shakira. Oh, this is great. This is a great example of during an MTV moment having a VH1, a VH1 song. song. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I, I, we don't always have to agree, Troy, but I was going to have do, like though? a knockdown drag out fight with you if we didn't there because that is such a VH1 song. We don't always have to agree, but when we do, it's so spectacular. Beautiful. Like it's so great. Synergy. <laughs> that is a gorgeous VH1 moment. Oh mm, my mm, God. Mm, Oof. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, we got a few more songs. Okay. This is when they started doing like 20, like for okay. sure every time. Uh, a Thousand Miles, Vanessa Carlton. VH1, The House. The House. <laughs> Mom's Boots. <laughs> this is this is a very obvious one, but I love it. A New Day Has Come, Celine Dion. Well, let's talk about the VH1 song, shall we? I mean, this era for Celine is VH1. Yeah, she Celine Dion, in my opinion, was creating VH1's culture as much as Britney Spears was on MTV. Absolutely. And you know what, like, you know what I think? Okay, we have 90s Celine. Absolutely. Like, for sure. Okay, right. No, no question. You don't even need us to provide commentary. But you know what, like, I think her Illuminati VH1 moment was? (laughs) Uh, that's the way it is. Absolutely. She's wearing white and spinning in like an office chair. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like, hell. And like <laughs> turning her head. Yes. The, like those music videos of hers during that time were all just so VH1 intense, like set pieces that are like, I don't even really know how to describe it. Like glossy, but not glossy in that MTV way. No, like uh, like a JCPenney catalog. Literally catalog. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say. It's, it's giving very Sears. The next one is very obvious and so weird. Uh, we are all made of stars, Moby. Oh, so VH1. Oh my God, Moby's Moby is so VH1. VH1. Moby is so VH1. Oh! <sighs> Moby and Gwen Southside is like VH1 pornography. It is literally like fuck me. <laughs> fuck me up, daddy. <laughs> but what do you think about Gwen with Eve? MTV. Yeah. Gwen is a uh, Gwen is Gwen is wow. An wow. Wow. Her her even even just within no doubt. Within no doubt. I mean, because Okay, we're gonna we're gonna get back. Let's do to it. This, but do it. We're gonna we're just gonna have a quick Gwen moment because okay. Troy and I actually realized recently that we both 
really love Gwen Stefani mm-hmm. pre Blake Obvi Obvi because we have taste um yeah. and, and band and solo we love her mm-hmm. she's an interesting one because she's both but but like also one of each you know what I mean <laughs> she so strongly fits into both that it's almost like she she doesn't she fully occupies both like she doesn't dip in and out like no doubt has such intense vh1 songs and such intense mtv songs like extreme opposite ends of the spectrum like wild almost whereas um, most simple, people are, simple kind of life is a vh1 song swong. hello good maybe uh, that's mtv hello but hello. it's so funny because it was also occupying vh1 yeah. so hard I would almost say that they don't really have any music that didn't occupy both. Because like Hollaback Girl, what do you think of immediately? Hollaback Girl, I think of MTV. Yeah, but it was but all it was up and down. Yeah. All up and down that countdown. Cool. That's a VH1, that's, but that's also a VH1 MTV. song. Yeah. That's a VH1 song. Yeah. Hardcore. I think, and, and you know how we've discussed two perfect pop songs. Cool is a perfect pop song. Mm-hmm. I had to throw that out there. I know. No, it's true. Gwen is a really interesting She's example. Yeah. Because then like her solo music is like separate, but it exists in the same way that No Doubt did, where it's constantly both. Like The Sweet Escape is perfectly both. Perfectly both. Wow. Oh, Gwen. Oh, uh, we'll have our Gwen moment. We will. We're going to have to have a Gwen moment. We will. We will. Oh, um, okay. So this list, um, first date, Blink-182. MTV. Yeah. Stillness of Heart, Lenny Kravitz. VH1 House. And then we end on a high note. Are you ready for track number 20 on Now 10? Okay. How You Remind Me, Nickelback. VH1... VH1, VH1, honey. VH1, VH fun. <laughs> Ooh, that's VH1, mom. I'm surprised that there hasn't been a single mention of Creed. It's a little sad. Well, do you want to do you want to talk about Creed? Yeah, absolutely. Because they're VH1 girls. Yeah. Who can walk over between the years, like like one and a half years. Who can mm-hmm. walk over to TRL for like a, a promo shot or sp- spot? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was a, a, a time, we've talked about this, but there was a time period where um, all of the soundtracks were featuring Butt Rock. Uh, which you know is a, a good group of years for me. Spider-Man <laughs> yeah. soundtracks. Yeah. Tobey Maguire Spider-Man soundtracks are yeah. particularly number two. Pivotal for me. Yeah, the Spider-Man soundtracks for sure. You know, I love the Scream soundtracks. Oh, and they are yeah. just all, I mean, Scream, like specifically Scream 1 and Scream 2, it's all just like Creed, Nickelback, like all of yeah. those bands. Um, and that was like, honestly, a fun time for music. I don't know. I, I Listen, you guys can judge me. I've been vulnerable on this podcast about many things. And this is truly one of my most raw moments. Listen, that was a fun fucking time for music. 
can we do you want to go through some of the track listing of that just since we're here sure absolutely we've already taken up three hours of your listeners time yeah (laughs) i'm so sorry everyone this is so long i already can feel it it's okay they love long episodes do they (laughs) yeah they do okay soundtrack okay so could i tell you any of these songs reading them without listening to them in context of scream not a lot of them right yeah uh bird brain youth of america Catherine whisper nick cave and the bad seeds red right hand you know red right hand if i heard it everybody was scared of catastrophic pain and the yeah and but if i read <laughs> in the red right hand <laughs> it's deep if i read it if i read it though i'm like i don't Especially, the, I was really big into the Scream 2 soundtrack. Like, Okay, well, let's look at Scream 2 then, baby. Yeah, let's look at that track listing. Let's look at that one. This is also whenever they're like, they've made their money too. Exactly. You know? So they're yeah. getting, they're getting like Everclear and Tonic and Foo Fighters and Sugar Ray. Can we talk? The second one is wild. So good. Less Than Jake. I think I love you. Oh my gosh. Can we talk? That's and then big. actually I want to say Creed on the third movie okay let me see wrote Scream into their music video I think the Scream Killer is in I think Creed like was so intertwined with that film that they like are in like the cast is in their music video I mean and the the list of bands for Scream 3 yeah the third one was where they really leaned into the because like by the, the time the second movie happened, they had established that the music was a huge part of that franchise. Yeah. So the third one is really incredible. I mean, we have Creed and Slipknot and Finger Eleven and System of a Down. We have uh, Godsmack, Incubus, yeah. Fuel, uh, um, Stained. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. And you know, that's like, that's scratching an itch that many people don't know that I have. My boyfriend knows because he has to listen to it he used to listen to you sing daughtry <laughs> <laughs> you okay okay but i'm gonna go on record and say that daughtry's cover of alive by sia from masked singer is incredible chris daughtry when he was a contestant and i made troy listen to it and he he admitted defeat can i tell you guys this story from my perspective so we're <laughs> driving around texas and jesse's giving me like a tour of, of dallas and <laughs> we're listening to like ashley simpson obviously Obvious. and like singing from our diaphragm to the best of our ability and then <laughs> actually just squeaking and trying to like do whistle notes and shit like Ashley and then out of nowhere literally out of nowhere while we're having this like hyper gay moment Jesse goes oh I want you to hear this Daughtry song I was like girl you bet not turn on Daughtry and he fully played Daughtry we drove around Texas listening to Daughtry and I even demanded him not look at me because he really was like in- invested in my uh, reaction to this Daughtry song. And I said, but Don't for you your safety, even... I was watching the road. Thank you for your I told safety. him not to look at me in the mirror because I could feel that he wanted to watch me experience the song. And I just hated the whole moment. But don't tell the full story if you're going to tell it, honey. <laughs> What's the rest of the story? That you were like, that was actually really good. <laughs> no, tell it. I want to hear you say it from your mouth. Uh, yeah, at the end of it, I was like, yeah, um, talented artist. 
okay he's downplaying he was actually like I'm telling you leaned back with his like forearm over his <laughs> eyes because he was like he physically could not admit that he enjoyed it and that it was like a really good cover Chris Daughtry's cover of Alive by Sia on The Masked Singer is incredible your second mention of The Masked Singer okay <laughs> I'm a stan okay I've been vulnerable on this podcast before <laughs> <laughs> We're landing the plane now, okay? We're la- you're you're completely out of control, and now we're landing the plane. <laughs> <laughs> you said, this is my podcast. Bette you overstayed your welcome. I said, I said, put your shoes on, girl. We're gonna probably kick you out. <laughs> Wear your shoes. Do you leave anything? <laughs> my dignity. Uh, well, no. Do you have any closing thoughts about MTV or VH1 or any artists that we missed? Um, because I'm me mm-hmm. and I have to mention this. I just want to talk about how important MTV was to Hillary Duff's career because the charts and radio would not give her anything, but okay. MTV would. And that's all. All right, go off, sis. You know, you know how much I care about my girl. They did the same thing. Lindsay Lohan was a TRL darling. Mm-hmm. She was an MTV darling. She got to do all of the things. She got to host things mm-hmm. and make appearances and they let her sing. <laughs> yeah, they let her sing. <laughs> when no one else would. Um, <laughs> that that like blingy, icy performance of Rumors though Oof. is like truly iconic. The outdoors one? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, they really did like allow people like that to have like a platform where nobody else would and like thank god yeah thank god and, and, and truly mtv was the only place that Lindsay and that they had music careers that was it yeah well radio disney true yeah and album sales i mean they had the album sales but they were not their singles were not getting any like they weren't getting what they deserved you know what i mean yeah absolutely but. well Lindsay and hillary both appreciate that they're avid listeners of this podcast oh my god Hey girls, um, Lizzie Lohan liked one of my videos. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> she knows me. She knows me. We're friends. <laughs> Tell people where they can find you and where they can find your Tiki Talk and your podcast and all of your things. Okay, well, if you have any desire to interact with me after this, which it's probably going to be um, slim. <laughs> slim pickings, gal. Um, slim pickings. Uh, for the three of you who didn't tune out already, uh, you can find me. I do have my own podcast. It's called Jesse's Girls. And so you can find me, Jesse's Girls Pod and Jesse. Like there's no I in team, there's no I in Jesse. So J E S S E. You can find me there on Instagram uh, and you can search Jesse's Girls Possessive uh, if you want to find my podcast. If you want to follow me on Instagram or TikTok on my personal account, it's Cham. Breezy, C-H-A-M, the word breeze, keep the E, add a Y. That wasn't complicated. I thought it should be easy for everybody. It should be super fun. Listen, I have, listen, spelling is important. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to find me. And (laughs) back in 2011, when I was making my social media, that eight-year-old kid had the actual spelling breezy and cham, okay? So I I couldn't claim her. So I had to spell it incorrectly. It's like how Ari has to sing, um, uh, now that I become who I really are, as opposed to am. 
it just made more sense. You know what I mean? Don't bring That's- up Ari closing this out. How dare you? <laughs> I mean, you had a beautiful moment. You bring up her. Anyway, Jessica, I appreciate you so much. <laughs> I love you. I know it doesn't me. sound like it, but we love each other. We, really we do, do love each other very much. We talk all day. This is just, it's sister banter. <laughs> this is just an extension of like what we would be audio messaging each other, which is kind of <laughs> sick. I know. Like, sick literally. and wrong. <laughs> well, you guys, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope that um, these four hours were able to uh, get you through your work day or whatever. And I love you and appreciate you. And we will see you here next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also, be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McGee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.